Welcome. I'm Riley Karsh. I'm Tova Copan. We are thrilled to bring you the We Go Boldly podcast. Let's talk big burning questions, life changes, and maybe a bit of personal business. Let's be bold and brave together. Are you ready? I am. Here comes the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. Guess what day it is? It's interview day. I'm always excited for these days. I love talking to guests. I love getting other people's insight into whatever we're talking about on any given season. I think it's super fun. Um, So today we have a guest for you. We cannot wait to introduce you to her. But first, I'm going to do what I always do and say hello to my fantastical co-host, Tova. And uh, Tova, what's going on for you today? Um, What is going on for me today? I don't know. You know, I changed the question on on you. I know. I know. But you know what? I, you know, sometimes, you know, those of us who have kids where, you know, kids are hard. I think that's, that's like base level. Yeah. But then sometimes your kids say something or do something and you're like, oh my gosh, like they're just like me. It's like stars. They're just like us, but it's our kids. So my seven-year-old has been bothering me um, to go to Trader Joe's for months. And and really, I have not taken him to Trader Joe's since uh, consistently since before the pandemic. We've just gotten out of the habit of it. Um, and so finally, yesterday, there was the time we were going near one for the dentist appointment. And so we went there. And on the way, I'm like, what did you what did you want to go and like get? What do you want to get? He's like, I don't know. I just want to go there. Like, I just want to go to Trader Joe's. And I was like, okay. He's like, it's just been so long, mom. I just want to go to Trader Joe's. And I was like, I understand. And then we were driving on this road that is amazingly beautiful during the fall. And I was like, I just love this road during the fall. And he's like, I love the leaves during the fall and how they have all these amazing, beautiful colors. And I was like, I know, right? Me too. And I was just like, yes, like, he gets me, you know, he gets me. And like my nine-year-old, he's my one who like, we literally high five the other day watching our first Hallmark movie when they kissed at the end. Cause it, oh my God, you, you texted know. me that. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It's such a surprise. So I'm, I'm having some of those moments with my kids where it's like, maybe it is all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and we cling to those moments as parents, right? It really very like, hard, like white um, knuckle it. But I also think it goes to the point of our season nine conversation of how is your heart, right? It is so heart affirming when you have those kinds of moments with your family. Um, And as we talked about in another episode, family is integral to our hearts and our our functioning in our lives. But um, that's another topic. So I will go ahead and introduce our guest for today so we can start asking her questions because I'm super excited. Um, so as everyone knows, like I just said, this season, we are talking about the question, how is your heart? And we've spent quite a bit of time diving into, you know, the nuances of what that means and why it's important and who cares at the end of the day. I, I do, um, clearly, or we wouldn't have a whole season about it, but it's, um, it's been a fascinating discussion. And what I've really enjoyed is getting to know some people, some individuals, um, in my life a little bit better than I did before by interviewing them. So today we have uh, our friend who we met at uh, the Mom 2.0 conference out in Arizona last spring. And her name is Denise Albright. She is a married and working mom of three. 
who turned her quest for efficient motherhood into a thriving business. And let me tell you, one of the things we loved when we first met Denise was her hustle and not in that like icky, you know, grind it out kind of way in like that. I am not going to be afraid and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to do this thing. Um, So we love that. And I know I've never interrupted a bio before. (laughs) I know and I'm excited. But like in the like, oh, is this table empty? Let me put the things that I want to sell and share with people on this empty table. Right. And and then so I'm just going to because it's empty. Like, it's amazing. I love it. It was fantastic. Okay. So uh, since launching her company in 2016, Denise has revolutionized the lives of millions of moms with her thoughtfully designed products designed to declutter and organize. Through her systems and clever placeholders, she empowers women to gain control of their lives and to-dos. I would love that. I probably need it. Um, Denise's own struggles with work-life balance and the repetition of mom life inspired her to find solutions and become a more efficient and productive mom herself. Her newest product release, The Class Keeper, is an app designed to overcome one of her biggest challenges. And I'm quoting her now. What do you do with all these bins of my kids' keepsake I'm going to enter stuff as the, uh, right. Like imagine a beat. Um, so if, you know, if you guys are uh, excited as we are, we're going to welcome Denise to the show and ask her how she is doing today. Yep. There she is. Welcome Denise. Hello. Um, so we tend to, dive right in into the deep end when we ask questions. I hope that's okay with you. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we do that, why don't you like let us know a little bit about what you've been working on and and where you're at? I Absolutely. First, I have to say, hearing the intro and Toba saying about her kids, like maybe it is all worth it. I'm like, <laughs> it's one of those things I was seriously cracking up because I was like, no one ever wants to say that out loud, yeah. but we all think it, right? Absolutely. And I love you guys for doing that. Like you're putting things out there that we can all relate to. Like, oh, you know what? Maybe I did get, you know, maybe there is something about this mom life thing that could be <laughs> rewarding in little pockets that we least expected. So I love those right. little moments that you that you hold on to, you know, and it's funny. I tell my kids all the time, like even the word moments has the word mom in it. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't I enjoy it too? Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So I loved your moments, your Trader Joe's, your falling leaves. Love those little moments. So that's fantastic. So, um, but yeah, so uh, you, you pretty much, I, I so appreciate the introduction and, and I, I won't kind of reiterate what we've already shared, but, you know, I think, you know, so many of us live in these parallel worlds that we're trying to keep so many dishes spinning in the air and do all the right things by everybody, you know, whether it's our, you know, our partners, our, our kids, our parents, our you know, community, all those things. And I think we all sort of, you know, sometimes need to take a step back and and make sure that we're, you know, we're okay by us too. You know, like there's, there's so many things like that we're judging ourselves on. We're like, okay, wait a minute. I, I am doing so many things. And I, I love these platforms where we can kind of recalibrate one another to be like, you know what, you really are okay. And even those of us who, you know, stand at the microphone sometimes, like sometimes I'm not okay. And you need to kind of share that with somebody be like, you know what, I, it's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies, even though somebody's written a book or stood on stage, you know, they too have those, 
you know, crazy moments in the, in the, behind the scenes. And I, I love that about these podcasts because it kind of shows the real side of people. So that's what I thought I, you know, I'm looking forward to sharing is that not everything is perfect, yeah. you know, and it's okay when it's not, you know, so definitely, well, I just, I, I know that, um, I, we do want to ask you questions, but I have to jump in because, um, just on, based on what you said, I think is why. So yesterday my son came home from school and he tells me, he goes, mom, Logan is so lucky. His mom makes him homemade ravioli for lunch every day. And I was like, wow. And I go, um, I didn't even know that you liked ravioli because I've made it for you before and you've never eaten it. He's like, you haven't made it in years. And I was like, yes, because you don't like it. And he's like, well, taste change, mom. So I think because of you know, moms 2.0 and talking to people like you and this podcast and just kind of making us dig a little deeper instead of immediately feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person for not making my son homemade ravioli. I texted Logan's mom and I said, um, are you seriously sending homemade ravioli every day to school for lunch? Like what is happening here? I know her well enough that I felt comfortable doing that. She texts back, it's Chef Boyardee. Which is phenomenal. That's and I was like, um, son, you too can have homemade ravioli. That's achievable. Yeah, right. This is something. And and honestly, like it was like, you know what? In in maybe a different time of my life, a different time of our culture, I might have sat at home and been like, what am I gonna do? A, I don't know how to make homemade ravioli, and B, I don't know have time. Like I'm not a good mom. But instead. I was like, I'm just going to ask her, like, because you know what, if she is making it, maybe I can throw her some money and she can make some for my kid too. (laughs) Right. 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 Like get on that train. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think you're, you're right. Sometimes it's really important that like, you just say these things out loud because it gives you the permission, like to be like, are you seriously doing that? Because if you are, that's awesome. But like, can you do it for my kid too? And also, I think. Yeah, Trader Joe's makes a great frozen ravioli, by the way, going full circle here. So that too. I love that comeback around. That was great. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's too. I love it the fact that he's like, it's homemade. You mean because it's warm? Yes, exactly. It came as a magic from home. From home. And I was like, that is a definition I can get behind. So anyway, Riley, I'm going to hand it to you to to ask the big question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I think all of this comes into play when we're asking this question. And um, our first question for you, Denise, is really, how is your heart? How are you? You know, I was preparing for this question. I swear it's it's funny because when someone asks you like, okay, how are you? Mm -hmm. Like, does it make you want to like cry? You're like, God, are you really, are you really asking me how I am? Because we spend so much of our time in our lives, like taking care of everybody else. Like who's really checking in with us. And so by asking that question, I'm like, I'm prepared for that. But still I have like the biggest lump in my throat right now. I'm like, oh, like you want to know how I am? Like, that's my job to ask you. So I love that. Um, You know, and it's funny. I think this season of life, you know, I find myself, you know, they call it the sandwich generation, you know, because our parents are aging. They need us. Um, you know, my, my kids are still relatively young. Um, you know, I've, my kids, uh, again, I think parallel worlds with you, Tova, I've mine are 13, 11 and seven, all three boys as well. So I think sometimes, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm trying to revel in my kids 
all the things that they're doing and all the things I need to engage with and all the happy, happy, you know, achievements and the stresses they feel. My son's in middle school and the drama that kind of ensues there. And then also, you know, aging parents. And I just learned this morning, my dad is, you know, having a stint put in his heart and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. And of course he's across the country and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, do I need to be there? But yet it's at the opportunity cost. So I feel sometimes like your heart is just pulled and it, it has to be so many things. It has to be full. It has to be, you know, concerned. It has to be like tuned into everybody else's heart, you know, and that sometimes you're like, okay, I, I mean, how am I, how am I feeling? And it's like, wow, I've given to so many other people's concerns, making sure they're okay. Like, how am I? And it's like, you're constantly trying to find this balance of like, you know, joyful moments, you know, and, and concern for, you know, other people who need you. And it's, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to know, like, am I okay? Am, am I, am I okay though? You know, like, cause what if I fall down? What if I break down? You know, what happens to everybody else who needs me? So that's where it's like, I, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay, but I'm, I might be walking a little bit of a tightrope, you know, and, and making sure that like, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. You know? <laughs> um, but it is, it's, it's a balancing act, you know, and it, it's an emotional one when it, when you're in this season of life where it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of things happening and there's a lot of people that need you to tune your heart into theirs, you know, or to, you know, and have no choice, but you know, you're like, okay, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's a balancing act, but I think, I think I'm okay today. I'm okay. All right. I, I didn't want to interrupt you too, but I felt like you were going to ask a question. Sorry. I, I was, and I was thinking about it. I think, I think that that's as important as it is to to answer, you know, how is your heart in a big way? I think it's also important to be able to say today I'm okay. Like, yes. and yeah. to be okay with that answer, like, um, because big stuff happens. I think maybe that is one of the biggest lessons that maybe a lot of us learned from COVID because if it's like, how are you? And you're like, um, I don't know. There's a, there's a worldwide pandemic, you know, but if you're like, well, you how really are you want today? The answer? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, today I'm okay. You know, today we, well, we're not, but like I can, and um, I, I want to talk to you a little about this idea of balance. Cause you said it a couple of times. And then in, in your, as we were reading your bio, you talk about work-life balance and it's this idea of balance is something that we're going to talk about at the end of the season. And it's something that Riley and I have talked about a lot, not on the podcast and a little bit on the podcast, because I think it's something that is very, very stressful as something that we even try to obtain, obtain, um, attain. There we go. Attain. Yeah, and obtain. Go. I mean, either, either really all of it, all of it. Um, so do you, do you picture it as trying to attain balance in your life? Is it, does it feel like walking a tightrope? Does that what it feels like? Do you think it, and then a follow-up, I think I've asked you like 14 questions now. Um, <laughs> do you think that it is achievable to feel like you've attained that balance? So great question. I probably should clarify too, because everybody, the, the phrase work-life balance, especially when it comes to motherhood and things, we all throw that term out there as if it kind of exists. And I'm going to, in my mind, it really kind of doesn't exist. It's kind of like a, you know, it is sort of like a, you know, it's a moving target, you know, and depending on, depending on how you measure yourself, you know, like 
if you have this pie in the sky vision of like, oh my gosh, everything is wonderful all the time. And that's just not sustainable for the long term, right? And I feel sometimes like that work-life balance, at least how I used to have it in my head, it's like this horizon that keeps moving. You just can't get to it. And it's really just about the little micro um, balancing moments that you can experience and feel that kind of give you that sort of like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. This is good. You know, and you really have to like revel in those, um, those smaller uh, moments of feeling balanced, but know too, that having this like, ah, got it all figured out. I, I, I don't know what unicorn of a person, you know, exists that would be able to say, yes, my life is balanced, you know, yeah. no, but I'm constantly doing that at a micro level, you know, by day, sometimes by hour feeling like, okay, all right, I, I was able to do this and do that. And then this, I said yes to, and this, I said no to, you know, and feeling, you know, fulfilled in some way, whether it's in my professional role or my personal role or my social role, my parent role, whatever it is. But I think, you know, I, I throw, I, I use that term because we all want that, but I think we need to recalibrate you know, what it is that we're actually trying to achieve and not making it be this unattainable, like sustainable, like, oh yes, this is, we've arrived now. Now it will never change because that's the only thing we're sure of. It's going to change. There's some, some, you know, your rug, the rugs will be pulled out from underneath you and everything will unravel because, you know, there's a, there's a family emergency or a, or a sickness or, or, you know, a life event that happens that just takes all of your attention, even, even in a good way, a, a wedding, a baby, whatever it is. So, you know, and that has to be folded into what already exists, which you're like, oh, but this was super balanced. Well, guess what? Now it's not. Right. Something's so always like, going to show up. Yeah. You got to reset, reset that sort of like, all right, what, what do I need to make this feel good? And, you know, it's, it, it changes. So I, I want to be clear that I, you know, it can feel like a tightrope, you know, have I achieved this balance? And, you know, I've, I have, things I adopt in my own life to help with that. But I certainly don't have the, the magic formula figured out yet. And if, and if anybody does, who's listening, do share. Yeah. Share or <laughs> just make lots of money on it. Apparently. Um, yes. <laughs> we do need to take a quick break. So we're going to do that. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more with you about um, what you just said, which is you have some things in your life that help you feel like you're achieving a degree of balance on any given day. So we're, we're going to take a quick break, everyone, and we will be right back. Tova here. I'll admit, when I think of a coach, I immediately think knee-high socks, whistles, and clipboards. Is it because I love Ted Lasso? Maybe. I mean, I think it's a good look for you, if I'm being honest. Thanks, I think. Anyway, that's not the kind of coaching we want to talk to you all about. True. We are talking about life and transition coaching though I do still love a clipboard and a tube sock. Both Riley and I are lucky to have worked with incredible coaches throughout our lives. Before that, though, we struggled with where to start, believing in what coaching could really do for us, and, of course, putting ourselves first. Taking the leap and working with our coaches made all the difference. They gave us direction and support when we needed it most. Now, we are fortunate enough to be coaches ourselves, and we're excited to pay it forward. We can help you figure out where to start, create a roadmap, keep you accountable, and get to living your limitless life. Sounds pretty great. So if you want to figure out your next steps, check out our services at goboldlyinitiative.com services. We can't wait to talk to you. Now, back to the show. 
Okay. Welcome back to the show. Uh, before the break, Denise, you were talking about balance, like work-life balance and how it's not achievable really, um, which we fully agree with you on. Um, we have lots of thoughts on this particular topic, but you also said um, that there are things you do for yourself on a daily basis. So what kinds of things, what does that look like? Is it spiritual? Is it physical? Is it uh, mental? What, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis that helps you feel like you've achieved a little more, um, we like to call it harmony, but you know, balance or harmony in your life. Yeah, that's a great word for it. Harmony. I think, so I think for me, I think so many of us juggle so many things, uh, logistics, um, Glennon Doyle, uh, coined the phrase, um, she's the one that we can do hard things. She also coined the phrase invisible work and invisible work is, you know, references, all of those mental logistics that each and one of us, each and every one of us do. And, and it's commonly, you know, um, of, of the two parents, it's common, commonly uh, the mom, the woman in the, you know, in the, in that role in the household, who is the one who is masterminding all of these things to make sure that everybody shows up to the venue with the right menu, with everything they need to have on, on hand on time, you know, and no one really around you really appreciates all of those things that have to happen to make those events seem, you know, simple, you know, and it's, it's funny. There's a phrase in my household that, that um, nobody can use and it's not the one calm down. Cause no one can use that. That's like the given, <laughs> but yeah. there's, there's one that, and, and since we're on, since we're on a video, I'll say there's, this is the phrase that people cannot say in my household. It, it'll work itself out <laughs> because oh, do, yes. not, do not say it'll work itself out because there's nothing that works itself out. Unless you're talking about two things. If you're talking about maybe a bowel movement or a baby, right? And those of us have been there. Sometimes those two things do happen concurrently, but there's nothing that works itself out. So, so if you get to show up and just show up at some amazing event, right? Don't think for a second that somebody wasn't sweating it. It might be sweating it, even showing up to be like, I had to figure out all of these moving parts, right? right? So those are the things that I think we all we all have, have going on in our brains that it's like, there's, there's constant, um, renegotiating priorities and, 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 and logistics that nobody appreciates. So I am constantly trying to strive to declutter my brain, declutter my mind. I know a lot of us love lists, right? That's what, that's what the whole magic of a list is. Get it out of your head. And so I have kind of, you know, really taken that to the next level. And so many of the, the, the products I've brought to life have, have spoken to how can I help you get things done, put things in a placeholder where you can, you can know that they're safe and sound. You're not going to forget them. They're right where they need to be. You know, we do that in the physical sense in our lives. Like everything is, has its place physically in our homes. Where do all your thoughts go so that you can actually find them and digest them when you're ready to tackle them. But in the meantime, by clearing your head, you can actually do two things. You can actually enjoy that 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 mental free space and think through all the things that you need to figure out, right? Like that's, hello, that's what we are designed to think. And then secondly, you can actually enjoy a moment. And, and, I, and I say that because like, if you've got so many things in your brain, how many times have you finally sat down, you know, gotten to the sidelines or the bleachers or maybe across the table from a loved one on a date night? You're there physically, but mentally, you are so consumed with the next three days that you're really not even living in the moment, you know? And that's, that's sometimes where, where I'm constantly trying to, okay, let me clear my brain. Let me put things down on paper so that I can remember them. And I, 
believe me, I use digital apps too. I do. I am a paper girl in a lot of ways um, because even sometimes I'll remember how I may have written something in my mind mm-hmm. versus, you know, a digital list or, yeah. you know, a word document or something like that, a Google doc. So having that sort of placeholder for those things that you need to kind of think through getting a clear head, I think sometimes just gives me that sense of, ah, okay. Now I can think through logistics. Now I can actually enjoy this moment. And that gives me that sense of like, okay, I'm there. I, I, I can do this now. So maybe that's the, 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 what I, what I strive for when I call that sort of like, I'm, I feel balanced today. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel like that impacts your heart? Like if you were to be asked after thinking about all of that, the question again, how is your heart? What do you, what kind of impact do you think these things have on that? I think it, I think it goes back to in be, having a clear headspace to kind of think through um, enjoying in a moment, you know, and, and as a working mom, we don't have, I don't have these long spans of time with my kids. Like, you know, I'm not taking my kids four hour play dates or parks and stuff like that. You know, sometimes it's just these little pockets of five minutes that I can really, truly engage in and really kind of give them a hundred percent attention you know, and that's where I think that having that sort of like awareness to be like, you know what, I'm really thinking about you and everything that you need from me because I have the headspace to do that. So I can, you know, and, and by having those moments, like with my boys or with my husband, you know, I feel then I'm like, okay, I feel fulfilled because I know that they're, you know, they're enjoying that time with me, you know, because I'm able to truly have all the interest, all the attention on them. And that's where those little pockets of like, you know, really feeling fulfilled um, from a, you know, um, from a level of how's my heart, how's my heart with them, you know, is, is really kind of rewarding to me. Um, Tova, I know you, I'm sure you have a question, but I have one more follow-up question. No, go for Um, it. (laughs) When do you take time or do you take time to sit with yourself and ask yourself, how is your heart in relation to yourself? When we interviewed somebody recently, um, we were talking about it being like, why, why don't we ask ourselves that as our first question of the day and our last question of the day, where we really internally focus and it's not giving to anyone it's giving to us. Um, and I'm curious to know if you have that time in your life, or if that's something you want to make time for, I know I'm getting very personal. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I, I've, um, one thing that I've found that I really enjoy, and I I've figured out like, what is it that, you know, at this point in our lives, people say like, what's your hobby? What do you like to do? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, what, what do I like to do? You know? And I've asked myself that question and I really, I really like being productive. I love you know, they say, I love learning a lifelong learner. It sounds a little cheesy, but I'll tell you one of the habits I adopted that I really find fulfilling is that, I, so I'm an early bird and most of my family, any given day, they're all like night owls, they'll sleep in. So I love that. I'm like, okay, you guys all stay, I'm going to get up. And what I'll do in that, in that time is I will put on my AirPods and I will listen to either a podcast, um, a, a book on, you know, I almost said book on tape. Now I'm really saying my age, an audio book. I was right there with you. Yeah, yeah, that's right, 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 exactly. You know, oh, um, or even even like a YouTube, um, you know, video something where I will put those on and I will multitask. That's when I get my kitchen reset, the laundry folded. I will literally look for stuff to do in my home to kind of reset in the morning. And then by the time I see the whites of anybody's eyes, 
I've now filled my head with something learned, like I've expanded my mind in some way. I now have this reset organized home, which just having that physical organization also contributes to my contentment, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like, okay. And, and it's 7am, you know, um, and I've, I've granted, I'm, you know, every now and then I'll take the dog for a walk at the same time. And I'll to listen to something that's just kind of expanding my mind in some way, you know? So I find myself that I enjoy those moments, you know, and maybe that's how I'm, you know, a form of my self-care is to make sure like I have those things that I just, and that's all just for me. Sure. Everyone benefits from an organized home and, you know, having their, their, their lunches packed, but still I have that sort of like, okay, you know, I I've, I've done all the things I need to do, you know, and including something for me. And I find Mm -hmm. that very fulfilling. So that's, that's kind of what, what I'll do. And I've adopted as like a, um, a routine that I've, I really, and everyone knows when they get up in the morning, if I've had that morning or not, (laughs) I understand if I overslept, I'm like a little bit like frazzled. They're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Slowly back away. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, no, I'm with you. I, I often do the same thing, like sort of in like the semi darkness of my house in the morning where I won't turn on a lot of lights. Cause I don't want to wake anybody else up. And I like to have it all just like reset. And sometimes I do have to remind my family that it's not like little fairies that come in and pick things up. I mean, I do it as much for me, like you said, as I do it for the rest of the family, but I do want them to at least recognize that somebody else is actually cleaning up after them, that it's been putting things away and putting dishes away. And it, and, and I do the same thing. I listen to podcasts. I listen to books on tape. And, um, so it's time that I enjoy and that I relax, but also it's things that they don't have to do. Cause I did it. So they, <laughs> you know, they need to know that somebody, yeah. did it. it was oh, a yeah. magic little fairies. Yeah. Um, there's very much like there's an undercurrent in my home that I almost run my household, like a small business, like, I feel like I'm constantly training my, my, the, the new hires as far as this is the system <laughs> and where you put your uniform, your, your dirty laundry, your shoes, your, you know, um, thermos or not thermos, but you know, like your water bottle, like constantly trying to train them, you know, because I can't expect them to know what to do until, until I've kind of set the precedence yes. and train them. So really it is when you think about it, it's a little bit of a small business and kind of, okay, you know what, is that where that goes? No, you got to, you need to put those, you know, your book bag in this area here. Cause in the morning when you're rushed, you need to be able to find that. So it's constantly sort of, you know, setting that sort of, you know, um, teaching them and training them how to do things and then holding them to that accountability. Cause there's no way, there's no way any of us can, can do this all alone. And I, I find it, you know, like my boys, you know, every single one of them, um, has cleaned a bathroom, has, you know, dusted the, uh, the plantation shutters, does vacuuming, does dishes. I'm like, cause guess what? Like that's life, you know, and I will teach you how to do it. And then I can say, okay, please go ahead and clean the dishes, empty the dishwasher, um, you know, go vacuum this room or whatever it might be. Cause I think it's so important that we, you know, teach them, train them, hold them accountable because this way to your point, like, okay, there aren't little fairies that do this. And guess what? You're going to be a roommate one day. And nobody likes to live with a live with a um, roommate who doesn't know how to clean their own dishes. So I'm going to teach you how to do that in a way that you're going to be, um, you know, revered as a great person to live with. And one day you'll be a domestic partner. And I'm always, I tell my boys, I'm like, look, we all use the toilet the same. Everyone needs to know how to clean one, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like, 
you know, doing those things where it's like, all right, I don't mind doing a couple little, you know, extras, but like, Hey, you guys are fully capable as well. You know? So, um, I think teaching kids, we forget, you know, any, any new barista that comes into a coffee shop, they won't know how to clean. They won't know how to make a latte until you show them, you need to show them how to clean a bathroom, clean their room. You can't just say, go clean your room. You have to kind of like break it down into steps they can actually digest. And then we, as their managers need to kind of hold them accountable and then stack other tasks on that. So, I mean, that's the only way we can do it. Right. So. Yeah. Um, well, and I think you're right about the, um, you know, teaching them def- even definitions because <laughs> it became very clear to me last night that my nine-year-old and I don't have the same definitions for like what a clean bedroom is. Oh, and, good point. Yeah. You know, because it was like, get your stuff up off. The- I was like, there's clothing on your floor. And I don't know if it's clean or not. And I get that sometimes you take a pair of pants out and you decide that you're not going to wear them, but you need, but like, so then put them back. Like, I don't know if they're dirty, here's the hamper. If they're clean, put them back. Right. And, and honestly, I'm happy to do it for you at this moment because I'm helping pick things up, but like, I don't know where they go. So, and, and he kept leaving the room going, no, it's clean. And I'm like, but once again, the pants are still on the floor. So we're struggling with definitions here. Like, right. You do need to set, right. You need to set the standard yeah, and then yeah. hold them we're, accountable. Like, we're, okay, we're this still, is like. we're still at an impasse with, with definitions. And, and it turned out in the end that he was struggling with other things. I think his abstinence was coming. It was, it's been a rough couple of days at school with substitutes and stuff like that. And it, sure. it turned into a nine 30 at night. He was like using watercolors. So Perhaps I should have suggested that we were watercolor sooner or something. I don't know. Oh, I mean, sure. Exactly. You And <laughs> he, that, and that's on you to, again, what does yeah. he need How, what to, to, yeah, to make sure yeah. that he's okay and right. Letting go of the fact that you're not gonna have a clean room, but yeah, yeah. definitely. Like they say, clear is kind being yeah. clear on what your expectations are being clear, whether that's, you know, in your, in your domestic life or professional life, like be clear on what it is that you want someone to do. And then you can hold them accountable, but yeah, you have to be clear first, but even defining what that clear is, that's also the magic, right? Everybody wants a punch list. Someone else has thought through this and given me the list. And that's us, right? We're the ones who thinking through all the things that need to be done, strategizing, prioritizing, like who doesn't crave? Can, can you give me a punch list? Can you have thought through all these things? Right. But <laughs> that's where that invisible work comes into play, right? All, so that's, all the doctor's like, appointments, all the- Oh my uh, gosh. Well, everything. that's what, when you said invisible work, I was thinking about all of the things that I do that before I start my to-do list- like all of the things that don't make it onto my to-do list, the waking up with the kids, the breakfast, the packing lunches, like everything oh, yeah. that happens before really 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning does not make it onto my to-do list. And it's a full mm-hmm. day's work for the most part. It is part. a full day's work. It is a lot of things. It literally, none of it gets checked off any list no. because it it just has to be done. Um, But it's, I, I want to ask you about, you said, you know, you need, you need, you want your punch list or you want these, you know, clear as kind. How do you set those expectations for yourself? You know, how do you, you are running this small business in your home of a family, but you are also building a, a business um, and you are living your life and hopefully treating yourself with kindness you have to make a lot of decisions. You make decisions as, you know, every day you're making decisions as to what products to launch, what, um, you know, if you, if anyone goes on your website and they see different patterns and different fonts, I mean, you, I imagine you have a lot of decisions when you're rolling out a product or, you know, with your app. Um, so how, 
how do you make decisions? Do you lead with your heart? Do you lead with your head? And then how do you treat yourself with kindness, either if the decision turns out to be a great one, or maybe it turns out to be like, oof, I don't know if I like that decision. I need to regroup and try again. Well, I think in those, the, it's a great question. I think in those arenas, I use different, um, different standards. Like when it comes to, um, when it comes to my professional life, I make decisions with my head and with my bank account, you know, and, and it's really sometimes, um, you know, a, a prioritization of where are we going to spend our time, you know, and, and really time is such a hot commodity for each of us. Like, okay, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Also, of you know, it's such a limited resource. We need to make sure that we are, we are getting as much juice out of that squeeze as possible. So sometimes a lot of the decisions on how to prioritize is, okay, what's going to move the needle on the more immediate, immediate basis and really kind of making the decisions for that. Thankfully, I've got some brilliant women on my, on my team where we kind of collaborate on, okay, what's the best use of our time right now, you know, and we'll kind of have these divide and conquer sort of, you know, um, things to do. And, and if we do make the wrong decision, we're, you know, uh, which I do a lot, um, we're on the fail fast, uh, method. Yeah. We're like, we do not have you know, as a small business, we do not have the resiliency to go too far down the wrong path too long because something is going to be wasted time, money, energy, whatever it is. So we have to quickly assess and, and, you know, and redirect, you know, so, so that's, you know, when it comes to professional life, personal life, I think it, it is so much about my heart. Like, for example, you know, uh, we were looking earlier this week, my seven-year-old had a pumpkin patch outing 30 minutes or 45 minutes before his soccer practice. And my husband had kind of like, oh, written it off like, oh, there's no way possible. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm going to make this possible because that's my little pocket of time. I'm like, I will cut out. I will take him to the pumpkin patch. I said, and then I will take him to practice thereafter. And it's just the perfect amount of time to be able to fulfill fill his bucket. And I told him, I said, look, when we get there, we're going to be on time, which is also something I'm not always the best at. So it forced me to say, no, we have to be there right at 4.30. You know? And then I told him, I said, we can be there for like 30 minutes and then we have to go. He's like, 30 minutes. That's a super long time. I'm like, sometimes you forget, right? These kids, they're, yeah. they're cal- I was like, yes, it is. Cause to a kid minutes matter, matter, right? right? Like mm-hmm. that's a super long time. I'm like, perfect. You know? So even though, did I need to cut out of work at that time? And I could have done something more. I was like, no, but for him, he wanted to be there with his friends and wanted to ride those silly rides and do all the, 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 you know, photo taking and all that stuff that filled his bucket. I'm like, you know what? That is where I'm going to make that decision that I'm going to make time for that because that is going to, going to fulfill his, um, you know, wishes at that moment. And I'm going to feel like, all right, mom of the year. Right. And bell to bell, it was like a 50 minute endeavor. You know what I mean? Like from in the car to dropping him off at practice. And I'm like, sure done, you know? (laughs) Um, so kind of having that sort of like, that's where I make, you know, I make a decision based on my heart, you know, and, and, and how I can, you know, fill his. And, and that was, you know, a lot of times I'll sort of calibrate, you know, what's the impact on somebody else there. So with business, it's always, you know, like I said, your head and with my, you know, personal life, I try to make it based on my heart, you know, and then really, um, you know, trying to tune into like, okay, everyone has limited time and energy and funds and whatever it might be like, okay, all right, can we, can we swing this? All right. It was, it was okay. Now, like I said, with business wise, you can, sometimes you have to pull back and be like, yeah, let's stop the bleeding there. Right. You know? Um, but it's, 
you know, those are different factors that we factor into different arenas in my life. Very much so. Um, so if you had to look ahead over the next 10 years of your life, um, and think about kind of where it is that you might be in 10 years, what overarching feeling are you hoping to achieve or to hold on to or have in that span of time? What would you like to feel by the time, you know, you're 10 years from now? Gosh, 10 years is such a, uh, such a, a time span. You're like, wow, that's a lot. Cause you think about like, Oh, a year, two years, which I have recently in my life adopted more of the visualization and sort of like the, the woo woo element of like, okay, picture yourself exactly where you want to be. Yep. And it's funny. I did. I wasn't always like that. You know, I'm very, you know, um, that sounds a little bit too, too silly in my mind for, for a long, you know, for a big part of my life. Sure. And it wasn't until I remember thinking, okay, by the time I'm 50 years old, I want to live in my dream home, you know? And I said that, and I kind of put it out there, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, um, and then I kind of let it, let it kind of like simmer. And I kind of put it in the back of my mind. And of course, um, I turned 50 in 2021. So we were in the thick of COVID and everything else, yeah. you know? And so I'd kind of like, and, and at the time that the real estate market was going nuts and crazy. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. Like, we're, we're not going to get a house right now. Right now there's like, everyone's just fighting over homes and you know, whatever. So it's funny. We end up buying our home in October of 21 and I was 50 and a half when, when we bought our, we bought our home that I'm standing in right now. And it's funny, um, you know, when I, when I, when we bought that house, there was 26 offers on this house. There was 26 offers. And um, it's funny. I, I accidentally met the people who were selling it. It was a, the people who sold the house built it in 1971, uh, actually okay. the year I was born, but, and they had passed on. So that the kids who are now in their fifties uh, and sixties were selling the home accidentally met, met them and didn't, and that was kind of what tipped the scales as far as, as them, you know, cause we were not the highest offer, you know? Um, and it just, all those things that came into place that, that ultimately got us the house that we're in right now. I looked back on almost a year later and that we were already in the house. I was like, huh, I, I was in my dream house and in, in, you know, in my 50th year of life. Now, I didn't think hard enough and fast enough to know that I didn't want to make it look like the Brady Bunch moved out, but the, the vent, the, the neighborhood's great and the view is great, but the house, I probably should have been a little bit more specific on the fact that, you know, it didn't have to look like as dated as it is because it's a very right. older home. But that being said, the question is like, okay, where do I want to be in 10 years? Like I really start visualizing what that looks like, you know, and it's, um, it's an exciting question. It's, it's a little overwhelming because, you know, I think sometimes I haven't thought that far out, but I want to be at the place in my life where I can choose to do things on a more personal level than a professional level. Cause I feel like I've always worked my tail off. Um, since 1999, I've worked for myself. And so as an entrepreneur and you're, and you're responsible for your own success, you know, there's never, there's never a paid vacation. There's never a time, you know, I don't care if I'm shampooing or if I'm actually on vacation you're not really letting go of work. And mm -hmm. so I like to think that in 10 years from now, I'll be 62 and a half. I'm like, I want to be able to choose to do things on a more personal level than feel compelled to do things professionally, you know? And so that this way I'm like, okay, at that point, you know, my kids will be 
um, you know, high school, college, that kind of time where it's really, that's a magical time in that season of life to think that you're, can be friends with your adult children. You know, that's the Holy grail. If you can maintain a solid relationship. And I think in those moments, I want to be able to really be able to foster that, you know, and, and have the, the bandwidth and the time and the, you know, engagement to really be all right. You know, this is where I want to be able to, to be that, um, to them with them in a more, you know, like I said, not so focused on just the, the building of business and, and entrepreneurial, you know, commitments. What do you think that feeling is? Is it joy? Is it, um, happiness? Is it, excitement like what is the internal dialogue that goes along with getting to that point in your life I think it's a feeling of um satisfaction I think you you know it like always feeling like you know you're never satiated is such a anxious feeling but kind of feeling mm. like okay you know what I'm I'm satisfied with where I am in life I'm satisfied with where you know, my family is and where, you know, what, what life looks like, feels like, but kind of feeling just contentment and sort of just, okay, you know, I can, I can, I can feel good about where I'm at. I don't feel like I need to be chasing something or growing something, you know, kind of like, all right, this is, so that would be a wonderful feeling just to be like, all right, let's just, let's just slow down for a second. It's funny. My, um, one of my coworkers, you know, they, they know in my life, like, I don't like the word, or I like the word and I want to do this and that. So consequently, when you want to do this and do that, like why, why do we have to choose? You know, it's, it does stack a lot of different things on your plate. And I think, you know, who knows if I'll ever be able to get to that sort of like, okay, we're good right here. You know, I'll be like, Ooh, maybe we should, we should plan a trip for the whole family. And, you know, who knows what I'll say then, but if um, my coworker bought this for me for Christmas, (laughs) that's fantastic. (laughs) Because of that. And so will I ever feel totally like, okay, we've arrived. I don't know, but that's, that's, I think that's a feeling I crave and that I strive for is that sort of like, ah, okay. Feeling. Yeah. I've discovered in my, I, I mean, I love the woo. So I've discovered in my manifesting in the way in which I think about things, I much prefer to think about how I want to feel and what the emotions are around the experience, because really the, the means don't particularly matter, right? Like how, if it's this, if I, if I achieve, um, success in my business, if I write a book and sell it and it's a bestseller or whatever the things are that get me to that place, what I want is the feeling at the end of the day. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I insist on asking that question (laughs) because I want to know, I want to understand how your heart is today and how you want your heart to be in 10 years, right? Like if your heart today is burdened with striving, right? If it's a burden in some way, like how do you get to that place where it's no longer a burden? And I find that whole thought process just kind of fascinating. And I just, I want to understand it for people, maybe because I want to understand it for me. Right. Exactly. Most likely. Yeah. You often put out there what you need. And I know that I do that in my own life. Like the stuff that I put out there is the stuff that I really need help with. Um, uh, question, do you, do you journal Riley? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, not consistently because you know, life, Um, but I'm, I'm, it's interesting when you two were talking about, you know, your mornings and the things you do, it's like, 
so the opposite of me. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to um, do anything. I want to do my meditation and I want to drink my coffee and I want silence. Like I don't want noise. And it, Tova knows this about me because it I tortures do. her uh, whenever we travel together that I am like silent in the mornings. Like, like I'll I, talk to you at 10. Yeah. I live it for my silence. It doesn't so much torture me. I just leave wherever we you are so that I don't talk to you and I go listen to my podcast somewhere else and talk to other people. Right. Yes. It's good for us. And that's what, that, you know what? That's very perceptive of you to know like, okay, this is, you know, it's not personal. She's like, oh, she's not talking to me. No, you have to be, you know, aware. And that's, that's good on you yeah. to, to know what somebody else needs and putting their best interests uh, before yours, you know, and the, that's the only, perceptive. the only time it was really, really hard was when we traveled to Arizona and we left my house in the morning. We took an Uber dried. We waited in line at security. We went through security. We went to Starbucks. Mm. She finally got our coffee. We got to the gate. And then I waited for her to have a couple of sips. And in that time, I probably said like less than 10 words. You and asked me several times though. You were like, is it time? I was like, no, it's not time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I asked you, you like the checking in. No, no, no. I did not ask you until like after you had your coffee. Really? I remember it before, but you that's were making probably that just in my head. Being in like, your head. Right. right. Maybe you were so anticipation, you know. Maybe I asked you with like, my eyes. Okay. Maybe. maybe I asked you with my eyes <laughs> because, and then I finally was like, is it time? Can I now talk to you? Because I was like, there's so many things and people we yeah, saw and no. things that I could have said. There was lots. I yeah, I get it. See, I'm a slow bird. Together, because I'm that girl. I'm the, I'm the early bird. I'm like, oh yeah. What do we want to talk about? Yeah. Now, like, I wake up. now I'm awake. But my kids wake up talking. I'm like, I can't. You've woken up talking I don't understand you <laughs> well and I was I this I don't remember as you were talking about like will you ever stop um and I, I don't remember the exact uh the exact thing he said but it has been quite a while on the podcast since I've mentioned um the Philadelphia Eagles so we are due but um Jalen Hurts who's the Eagles quarterback was uh recently at the time like next 100 people or I don't I don't really know but he was honored yeah. as the 100 people of something and he talked about um how you know they were honoring people who are very young but had reached some pinnacle and whatever it is, his is in football and there were artists and musicians. And he said, you know, people, I think, expect us to just now we're here and we've reached this top and now that's it. But that's not how this works. Like now we keep going. And and he talked about it being a journey and that he sees perseverance when he looks around the room because you just keep you just keep moving forward. And he didn't so much say it's a journey and not a destination. But he he basically was saying that. And I think that's sort of what I hear when you're talking, Denise. Like, it's not not that you're like, I'm just going to keep going and looking for the next thing. But you also, 10 years from now, you don't know what the opportunity might be. And you're going to leave the door open because maybe there's maybe there's a cool opportunity that's going to present itself. And right. you'll be sure. like, I'm just the right person to say yes to that. Totally. And I think, you know, even in, in your comment too, like I think uh, there's this... Um, book I just listened to because I don't read I listen um 10x is easier than 2x the one of the co-authors Dan Sullivan they, the another book that they had written was the gap in the gain and to talk about making sure you recognized what you've gained not just what you haven't done yet and I think a lot of us like even though you know we're striving for that destination we can always feel like we've never gotten there we've never found that horizon of balance we've never gotten that you know and we can always feel then that we're always like 
you know, um, we haven't, we, we haven't arrived, we haven't, um, attained our goal, but you have to look back and think, what have you gained from it? You know, what, 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 how far have you come? And that's where, um, I think sometimes you know, I ask you about journaling, but I know gratitude journaling is a, is a huge undercurrent that so many people have adopted, especially in the last couple of years, it's not a new concept, but I think, you know, realizing, you know, what you do have, what you have done and, and really owning that and, and, you know, articulating that in a journal. I'm not as good of a journaler as I, I express to others that they should be, but knowing yeah. how journaling is where with the difference between journaling and say, like looking at a photo album, like journaling does talk about how someone was thinking and feeling, which is sometimes mm-hmm. lost, you know, lost in, 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 you know, just photos, like how someone was um, really, you know, feeling in that moment is, is something that I think journaling kind of gives all of us. And, and also in that sort of pensive moment, you're able to appreciate what you did do, what you do have, how far you've come, how you've gotten to that pinnacle and not just, you know, and, and again, I'm saying exactly what I need to hear because I'm always saying, Oh, but then once I get here, then I'll have, then I'll do no, look at how far I've come. Look at what I, what I have now. And I do need to recalibrate myself sometimes to like, okay, it's also, you know, what I have achieved, you know, and, and reveling in that, you know, cause sometimes it's, it's always that sort of like, okay, what's next, what's next. And, you know, and that's where I, like I said, I, I, same thing. I often put out there what I need when I need in my own life. So maybe this is really, I might just go listen to this podcast for myself and be like, (laughs) this is a review. Um, yeah, no, we love the idea of celebrating successes along the way. And by success, we don't mean like check boxes, right? We mean like the moments Tova was talking about with her son. And we mean, you know, everything in between. And I think it's very important that, um, that we pause and reflect and do that, especially as women, because we're so often just like, go, 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 go. Um, and you have to notice that, like you were saying, Denise, you have to notice the fact that you've come so far from wherever you started, like you've changed, you've grown, you've learned along the way. And it's super important to, um, acknowledge that and, and give yourself a pat on the back and like a high five or whatever it is right. that you do, um, to celebrate that. Right. And I think more and more women are doing that for each other, which I love seeing yeah. and kind of like, you know what, way mm-hmm. to go. Like, that's amazing. You know, like, and that's where I, I love seeing that too kind of emerge in, in the world is that, you know, there's more people acknowledging each other and especially women to women, you know, I love yeah. that. I yeah. love that undercurrent that we're kind of seeing, um, you know, more and more and it's, it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. And hopefully it keeps growing. Um, we do need to take our last break real quick. Cause we're running out of time as we always do Shocker. on interview day. Um, so we'll go ahead and take a break and we will be right back everyone. In case you didn't already know, we love talking. True story. More than simply talking, we love researching, prepping, and bringing this podcast to life. We launched We Go Boldly with the goal of reaching people dealing with the kinds of questions and concerns that we also face. Things like how to hear my inner voice, how to make sure my habits are worth it and stick, How do I feel my feelings and still manage to function? After years of personal work and lots of trial and error, we realized we have a lot to share on these topics. Now we've been broadcasting for over a year and we are proud of our podcast. And 
uh, to no one's surprise, we still have a lot to say and talk about. We sure do. We need your help to keep going. Every episode takes time and money to create, and we would love your support. So if you like what we are doing, please support us by joining our Patreon community and becoming a monthly subscriber. Join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly. We are so grateful to all of our supporters. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back to the show. Uh, as you already know, we're talking to Denise Albright today, and uh, we have one more sort of large question for you, and then I'm going to let Tova take over with the uh, quick response questions. But I we like to end our sort of deeper conversation with this question, um, and that is if you look back along your childhood and how you grew up and and things that happened in your past what would you tell your younger self or even your kids because they're you know younger um what would you tell yourself about caring for your heart and taking care of your heart and and what advice would you give yourself you know I think that um it's funny someone else asked me that question like what would you tell your younger self and in, in a more um in, in a different way I was like I would tell myself, don't start drinking coffee. <laughs> that was, that was one thing that, that, that was an appropriate question to that. Um, yeah, yeah, answer yeah. that question. I think that when, you know, to look out, uh, my, my father was always a big proponent of being considerate of other people's feelings, you know, and I think that, that, that when you're, when you are tuned into other people's feelings and you're, you're interested in them, people find you, like they say, when you take interest, you you are more interesting. You know, if you mm -hmm. want to seem interesting to others, take interest. And I think if by being considerate of other people's situations, feelings, I don't care if you're, you know, if you're seven or if you're a teenager or if you're in college, kind of tuning into how other people might be feeling and respond in that way, you'll find that those relationships will be a little more positive, a little bit, you know, um, more solid in your life because how they will think of you. So being considerate of other people's feelings, people will feel differently about you, which then contributes to your sort of overall, you know, well-being and contentment. You know, everyone wants to be liked and accepted and turned to, you know, every time one of my biggest, you know, um, wins in life is when my, when my kids will invite me to be the one to, Hey mom, will you help me with this? Will you go with me and, and do this? Can we go and do this together? I love when they choose me, you know? So I think when you're, always tuning in as other people's feelings, people will choose you. And I think that's sometimes, you know, a, a gratifying feeling that we don't really appreciate until we look back. Like it's when we're not chosen or we're left out that we kind of start, you know, well, how did we get there? You know, mm -hmm. were you, were you that good, solid, loyal friend, whatever you needed to be for that person to want you around them. So to be considerate of other people's feelings is really, I think the, one of the mantras that my dad probably told us almost daily maybe because we were jerks to each other as our, we were one of four kids you know? i mean if my kids are in any, in any indication that is that it is possible oh totally and I, yeah so i find myself saying the same things to my kids mm. you know is making sure they're tuning into other people's feelings whether it's yeah you know 
building in our own home or among their friends or, you know, their relationships with teachers, coaches, you know, whatever it might be, you know, I think having setting the tone to be that person in other people's lives will be, you know, reversely fulfilling. Mm. For sure. Um, All right. So we could keep talking for a very long time. I have about 87 more questions, but uh, (laughs) we are going to come with the bold questions. So the way this works is um, we have quick questions and you answer them. It doesn't have to be one word, but short answers. And I cannot ask any follow-up questions. Got it. So are you ready? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, um, You may have answered this already, but that's okay. Um, First question. What do you do when you first get up in the morning? Oh, well, so before I actually put on my AirPods, I always, because I'm on the West coast and my team's on the East coast, I will always check in on my phone to see if there's anyone that needs me. Are they waiting on me? Because even though I wake up at five, it's already eight o'clock there. So unfortunately when I, when I get up, I right away check my phone to make sure that there's, there's, um, you know, no emergencies or something that's waiting on me. So I'll, first thing I do is check my phone, then feet on the floor, AirPods in, and then I start my routine I described earlier. Okay. Uh, number two, what is your favorite movie? Oh, that's easy. The Notebook. And it's, it, I will say, I should say it's my favorite book. Um, I read the book first and, oh God, it's such a true love story. I love it, love it, love it. And then to watch the movie was just, you know, the movie's never as good as the book, as they always say, but I love Rachel McAdams. And I was like, oh, like she, like, I just love that movie. It's just such a true love story. And it just, it just feel good on so many levels, you know? So, uh, but the notebook. Um, number three, what is on your nightstand? So um, my, my Yeti full of ice water, my phone, my AirPods, my glasses and monster spray. You want to know what monster spray is? I can't ask that question. Yeah. Um, number four, who is at the top of your playlist right now? You know, it's funny. I love good music and I always get moved by it. I have like a mental block with like, who are you listening to? And so literally I get frustrated myself because I'm like, I'm such a, like I said, I, it moves me so much, but then I, I have a mental block. But for example, like I love um, American authors, um, Imagine Dragons. I love that kind of um, vibe of music. So I would say that those are, those are among the top. Okay. And you might've answered this question too, sort of, but, um, question number five, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? So early on in, in my motherhood, um, when I was feeling like, oh, I have to do all these things and I have to do, you know, all this stuff, there was a blogger and I, I can't even give her due credit because I can't remember who it was when she said, stop, pressuring yourself to do these big, long, um, big chunks of time, but really don't focus on the quantity, focus on the quality. And that kind of speaks to, you know, early in our conversations, like talking about just a couple minutes of really tuning into each of my boys and giving them that undivided attention of mine, even if it's just five minutes, that sometimes so uh, fulfilling enough to them for them to feel like I was there for them. So to let go of, you know, I'm not going to take my kids camping, you know, over a weekend, but guess what I will do? Like, we're all going to pack in the car at 10 o'clock at night and we're going to go get, you know, um, McDonald's milkshakes. And I remember I recently did that. It was, it was nine 30, 10 o'clock at night. I pulled in the drive-thru and I had all three of my boys and we're passing out milkshakes. And the, the, the young teenager who was handing them out, he said, he looked in the car and he goes, 
you've got a good mom. You know, and he's, and I know I'm like, oh, so I took a picture. He said, you had a good mom because he knew exactly what was happening. Their kids were probably like, mom, please, please, can we go? You know, and so just having that, you know, that 930 at night, everyone in the car, we were back in probably 20 minutes, you know, having that, those just little tiny pockets of time can be so much more uh, memorable and, and, and special and not to feel like I have to do those, you know, big grand things and just giving me license to say, you know what, it's about the quality, not the quantity. So I think that was an excellent advice to, to any mom out there who's feeling like they have to do more. No, really not so true. Just, but focus on just those little tiny things and really making them good. Love it. Um, Well, we loved having you here today. Um, We would love if everyone followed you and learn more about what it is that you do and um, took advantage of all of your amazing organizational things and your, your app and all this good stuff. So where can they find you either websites or socials, all that good stuff. So, you know, it's funny. My maiden name is Shrek, by the way. And so when I married Brent Albright, I was like, Ooh, Denise Albright has a great ring to it. I'm going to use that as my brand name. Cause at the time when I started, who knew, uh, what I was going to, what this business was going to be all about. So at the time I, I couldn't name the business. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to use my name. So if you were to uh, look up denisealbright.com, you will find all the things there. Um, so that's where you can find, um, whether you're following me on socials or anything else, you can all link from denisealbright.com is my website. Um, on socials, I do add the word studio. It's Denise Albright Studio, just because when you use your name and it kind of crosses over, you know, but I appreciate you sharing that. And and I too would love if um, anyone listening who would ever want to engage or reach out or, or connect, um, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Well, well we, yeah, Riley, what go, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh, well, I was just going to say we were, so we're so happy to have met you in the first place, but also to have you on the show today. We really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about stuff that can sometimes be a little hard to talk about. So um, we enjoyed very much having you on the show. We will put your website and all that stuff in the show notes for everyone listening. So you can find Denise when you are out in the interwebs. Um, But that is it for us for this week. We will be back next week with another episode on how is your heart. So until then, everyone, um, make sure you are taking care of yourselves and we will see you all very soon. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We know you're busy and we love spending time with you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts right now to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to click that subscribe button. Want more us time? Follow us on all the socials at Go Boldly Together. Want even more us time? As in all the coaching pizzazz. Find us at GoBoldlyInitiative.com for all the info. We will be back with more excitement, research, and deep thoughts next week. Until then, keep on being the bold, brave, amazing people we know you already are.